Yes, people, it's Ted Lawler, and welcome back to another episode of the If Only They Knew podcast. Today, we're joined by Marietta Hickman, founder of Cheeky Nibble, and she speaks about the importance of being true to who you are, what she learned from her time in Germany and India, as well as so much more. So if you want to embrace your true self, this is the podcast for you. Okay, great. Um, so I'm Marietta and I founded Cheeky Nibble, um, which is a vegan and nut-free granola brand um, with all the flavours inspired by nostalgic British desserts and just delicious sweet treats. And the whole idea was to create a granola which have uh, massive clusters so you can snack on it and have a cheeky nibble on the go, as well as having it for breakfast. Perfect. And before we sort of dive into the business side of things, um, I quite like diving into the, the person behind the brand. So before we get into who you are now in, in terms of, yeah, just in terms of how you've developed and grown, who would you say you were before all of this? Like, do you think you were a different person before you got involved in the business world? Or, yeah, because I know like with me, like I feel like I've changed quite a bit. Like my confidence has definitely evolved and I just feel a bit more independent. So. Yeah, who, who were you before before you entered the business world? I think before I started Cheeky Nibble, um, I knew I always wanted to build a brand. So in terms of business mind, and I was in brand building before in my previous job, but I think my I trust my gut a lot more now. So that confidence you were talking about, I definitely feel has grown. Um, I hide less about myself. A huge part of starting Cheeky Nibble was for my own mental health and rather than it being kind of not like a secret, but rather something I don't really talk about. It's now something I discuss with my customers, with people at fairs and online all the time. Mm. So I think I'm much more true to myself, more authentic. I'm living life more authentically um, since starting it. So I haven't really changed, but I'm more me. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And am I right in saying you were um involved in the business world like you was uh working in Germany for a bit as well wasn't you like you were sort of involved obviously like many of us in a, in a nine to five um but it seemed like your job in Germany if I'm correct it seemed very logistical and somewhat entrepreneurial I guess in terms of like the skills that you I, I assume you would have picked up is that right um yeah tell us more about that time in, in that role well the whole Germany thing happened very spontaneously I was there on holiday while still studying at university and I met somebody to I, in, I interviewed this man um, because I was gathering data for my dissertation at university and he offered me the job on the spot wow then I moved to Germany and completed my degree remotely so it was all very spontaneous um, the job itself changed a lot um whilst I was there, uh, it was started more in business development, more brand focused, and then ended up more account management. Um, but actually the majority of the time I was there was during the pandemic. And most of my job was basically helping organize um, the procurement and logistics of getting masks from China into Germany for the major German retailers who are our clients. So I, I my, official job was in cosmetics but actually in practice I have more experience in logistics and medical masks now than in cosmetics. Did that feed what you was doing then in in, in terms of the work at Cheeky Nibble did that sort of 
give you a few more skills or a few more um, things under your belt to sort of help you help you with what you're doing in the business world? Definitely. I think that one thing you have to do when you're sort of an account manager and managing other people's brands, we were in manufacturing. So things like uh, registering a product, the information required on the boxes legally, like ingredients list and uh, like information, uh, business address. This is stuff that I already knew had to be done. Um, so when I started Cheeky Nibble, I knew I had to look into trademarks. I knew I had to look into, uh, you know, what was the legal requirements for a food product's packaging. So it allowed me to be out of the gate with a brand that was very finished and professional looking, uh, which I think helped massively getting me into retailers early on, which helped me make a profit early on because I wasn't growing sort of at bake sales in farmers markets for very long. I had a finished product that was ready for the shelf from the get-go. Even though I was still baking in my parents' kitchen, the product <laughs> like it was made in a factory. <laughs> <laughs> that, that must have felt good though, right? Like sort of going through those levels quite quickly and, and having that level of professionalism that so many people sort of strive for in the early years. Um, and then some some people just can't get that right, can they, straight away? It takes experience to go through those gears almost and perfect the packaging, perfect the brand, then perfect the messaging, and most importantly, the product. So, yeah, did that feel good? <laughs> I guess it did to sort of get through those gears rather quickly. No, I think it, I think it, it, it was very helpful that I knew what to look for. Obviously, food is very different to cosmetics in terms of like the requirements. But I knew that I had to investigate it. I didn't, I wasn't as naive as I could have been to what I needed to do the research on. Um, I also had a lot of technical skills on building websites and Photoshop and Illustrator. So I could build my own website and design my own packaging to a professional level, which was saved me a lot of money, basically. So I could invest all my savings into commercial equipment and ingredients and those startup costs. I didn't have to spend um, any of my savings to get somebody else to build a website or design the packaging. That was something that I, the only thing was my time, which is free for me. <laughs> I think that's an important point though, like in terms of a lot of the people I bring on, they always, whether they, some people don't even realize like they, they did it, like being involved in the industry or, or the process of some sort that links to the business they're they're running or about to run so like the people I've had on like if they're in the product if they've got a media company they were working as runners in the production industry and sort of getting that behind the scene looks of the the cameras and how all the little things work and you know there's so many examples of people doing that in their field so do you, do you, would you advise that for other people to sort of get that look at the industry before they actually get involved in the business side of things yeah I think that I think that having previous experience like obviously mine was not to do with food but it was in production and manufacturing building a business and a brand it helps you have a sort of good sense of what you need what research you need to do uh what air boxes you need to tick and obviously if you just have had no experience you might not know what you need to do and then but I still had to sit down and spend days researching what needed to be done. So I wouldn't let not having experience stop you starting a business. If you can get advice from people, you, you can do the research and educate yourself. Like I, I um, taught myself how to use Photoshop. It's not something that I learned on the job. 
I uh, taught myself how to how to do it because I knew I wanted to do it myself to save money. So there's no reason there's no you don't need to have a previous job to then go, oh, I, I was a runner. So now I can set up a media company. If you're straight out of university, have you not even studied something relevant, but you realize you want to study a media company, you can email people on LinkedIn who are in the media company, I think. You can do the research yourself. Having experience just, I think, lets you skip a couple of steps, but it's not steps that can't be achieved on your own. That's it. And I've realized like a lot of the things, I also did that with Photoshop and uh, I now use Canva because it was a little bit easier, but it helped me get started initially um, in the graphic design world. And I realized like a lot or pretty much everything you would want to learn or would need to learn, like there's courses online, whether you have to pay for them, for the most part, they're, they're free on YouTube. But I wanted to, to dive in because you spoke about going to Germany. And am I right in saying you also went to India um, with your family for, for quite a few years, right? Yeah, so I lived in India for four years. I was at boarding school in the UK, so I, was, I wasn't I was in India full time. I didn't study there. I just would go there for some months at a time in the holidays. Um, and it was really an amazing experience with I think as a 16 year old it was quite difficult being a young woman there because you didn't have much freedom just because it's not that safe yeah. um, but with hindsight it was it's an incredibly rich culture and I feel very lucky to have been able to experience it so intimately rather than just like on a gap year or on a holiday. Uh, am, am I right in also saying that like they're seeing their culture and their like you said their rich culture is really really strong culture isn't it like that am I right in saying that sort of made you reflect on the British culture and and that's what influenced your product and your brand now that that looking back at that nostalgia of the British culture I think so many things like even just living in Germany I'm more so Germany than India because when I was in India I was kind of back and forth within the UK with the UK a lot um but so I but when I moved to Germany and I was sort of stuck there for a long time, I was very homesick and I was alone. I was I would I spent months in a studio apartment and because of the lockdown didn't leave. Um, so I only had like the four walls around me and I really missed sort of home comforts. Um, we're very lucky uh, that with Zoom and everything that I could still talk to my family. But that the nostalgia for the British desserts was born a little bit out of um, slight homesickness when I was coming up with the idea in Germany. Um, and then as for as for India, I think India just instilled in me, yeah, an appreciation for culture, appreciation for, you know, diversity. I mean, it's so, we're very multicultural Britain um, and living in India and seeing that connection was really interesting. And before we go into the actual product itself and, and look at, the reflections or some of that nostalgia. Um, I wanted to dive in one, dive into one more thing about your personal life, if you don't mind. Um, I, I've I've read somewhere and I've read on your LinkedIn and also on your website um, about uh, is it Tourette's, ADHD, and autism. Now the ADHD is that Not correct first? Okay, sorry. No, I, 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 uh, no, no. So I had I was diagnosed with Tourette's. Um, yeah disorder which is made worse when I'm anxious uh several years ago um it was getting progressively worse my tics I was starting to fall over I was getting tics every 30 minutes or so it was quite debilitating at the time um and then I was diagnosed with that and I found I was very fortunate that exercise really really helped me um and a lot of exercise really helped me 
Um, but because I was exercising so much, my I was very hungry all the time. And one of the other things that helped with my anxiety and helped reduce my my sort of yeah ticks was uh, baking. So I started baking granola um, that was big enough to snack on because I was exercising so much that I needed to have snacks with me all the time. Um, and then recently, I was in the last few weeks, I was also finally diagnosed with autism. Uh, I they, they had thought it was ADHD and it wasn't. I That was ruled out through another assessment. Um, and with hindsight, there's so many you know I, I it was it's so obvious looking back on my life and also looking at how I set up cheek nibble this kind of uh love of routine and process and all these typically autistic traits um has been actually kind of helpful to me because I can kind of obsessively maximize my pro productivity despite being by myself how, how has that like impacted you then because it seems like almost um a, a good thing because I know there's a lot of stigma attached to to those labels i guess is, is is a term for it um because i've um i think you liked my linkedin post today i put out a linkedin post about adhd i, I have never been diagnosed with it um yeah. but it, it, it's like what you said like sort of when i understood what the symptoms were looking back it's like okay they all it all fits together nicely and makes sense if i yeah. if i wish to have it um yeah so how and i know like with work and stuff if i've i've had to tell people in the past that I've got it because like I could feel mm. them judging me like I'd forget stuff and like they'd be looking at me as if I was an wow. idiot like I'll just put it out straight like they'd sort of be like oh you can't ask Ted because he'll just forget and like oh make sure you write it down and it I think when you give I think I love being open about it now especially now that I have a, a name for it I've been formally diagnosed um it's very it's a huge relief for me um I think that it's good to be open about it because then people can um, manage their expectations of you. And also you can create an environment where you, all the things about that, you know, with ADHD, there's, there'll be equal things that make you incredibly unique and special as might actually be quite difficult. And if you can create an environment to maximize your strengths and reduce your weaknesses, that's huge. I, I being autistic, there are, I struggle with a lot of things. I mean, I struggle, with not sense, sensory overload. I struggle with a lot of things, but I can create an environment by running my own business to reduce the things I struggle with and to focus on my strengths, which is my, you know, my love routine, which can be quite debilitating if you're in an office and spontaneously people want to do things and do you want to grab a coffee? And I find that a little bit overwhelming. But actually, if you need to bake 100 boxes every day by yourself is incredibly useful. So there's two sides to every coin. Um, and the great thing about knowing that about yourself, like with your ADHD, is you can curate that environment to get the best out of yourself, which is important. Not even if you just not even if you um, don't want to own your own business, just for your job. If you know where your strengths are and you know what your weaknesses are, you people will get the best out of you and you'll feel more satisfied in yourself. And I was giggling to myself there as you were speaking, because that that is literally me as well. Like if before when I was at work and they'd be like, oh, let's go for beers tonight, like on the on the on a random spontaneous one. I'm like, oh, I don't know, like it just hurts my brain to do something random like that. So it's, it's yeah, yeah, that's what it feels like, even though it's literally an hour of my day it feels like it knocks my whole routine off and it, it I don't know, it just drives me, yeah. drives me, drives me nuts. Um, but I, I, know. I, I think that's an important point to, to know yourself, whether 
it's from the angle of ADHD or autism or simply your communication style with other people. I think you've made a really good point there in terms of understanding who you are. I also think that, you know, the person who's most critical of you is yourself. And as soon as I got the diagnosis, I didn't, I don't beat myself up so much. Like if, if my friends say, do you want to do this? And I'm like, no, because I don't want to break my routine. It upsets me. I don't feel guilty. I used to be like, oh my God, you're so antisocial. Like everyone does think you're so weird. Like now I'm like, I don't care. This is what I need. This is who I am. And I embrace it more. So I think, yeah, no, the more you know about yourself, the less critical you'll be because you have more empathy, I think. And empathy for yourself is just as important for as empathy for others, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think there's so many, like you alluded to, there's so many tools and processes that you can implement for yourself or, or your friends, family, or even like the, the working team around you that, that can help support, support what you're doing, isn't it? Like for me, I like listening to brown noise because um, I feel like whenever I, there's white noise, but I've found brown noise like recently. So whenever I put brown noise, I've never heard really, it, it's like, it's, it's like white noise, but less deafening. Like it, I, for, for me, it feels a bit more, you, you can't really hear it. It just sort of, it's really weird because when I turn it on, I go to think of things and it's like my brain's just like switched off. Whereas normally I'm like, even now I'm thinking of things in my mind as I'm talking. So when I play that, it just shuts it all yeah. off. But whilst that in this, in some situations, your mind going everywhere, it can be kind of distracting and you can lose where you are and then you can get into trouble in meetings and stuff like that because your mind is elsewhere. It also is because your mind is working so much faster than maybe a neurotypical person might do. And you probably, it probably helps you with your creativity and problem solving. So there'll be benefits as well, I'm sure, to your mind racing and being inspired easily yeah that's it it's, it's a bit of a struggle on a podcast I'm not going to lie but um it's it's good for all the marketing and creative stuff I do so yeah, yeah. It's, it's got its pros and cons um yeah but to, talking again of your product let's let's get into into your brand so you, you mentioned like some of the the first steps you you took to to build the brand um but how how did you how did you get it all together in terms of the packaging and the overall feel because the branding and the design and the, the the feel and the tone of voice of the messaging it it's all fit really nicely like I was having a look at it and it, it's just it's pretty much perfect like from a, a branding yeah, marketing it's perspective. my baby so it's that's always nice to hear um <laughs> I I mean I think it all came together when things are right they're right so it came together very quickly um I I I always loved reading cartoons growing up. I have the entire Peanuts collection, all the Beanos and Dandies and yeah. um, manga um, illustrations as well. Um, so I knew I wanted this kind of cartoon style because I didn't really see that anywhere. Um, and I thought, you know, I want to do dessert inspired granola because I want these nostalgic flavors. So why not have illustrated boxes? Um, I wanted the sort of nostalgic cereal box shape um, as well. And then having a little cartoon on the back, because I used to love reading the cartoons on the back of cereal boxes. I also noticed a lot with other granolas on the market when I started doing some research that they all have a very sort of, I don't say health washing, but everything is like, everything looks like it's super healthy and super good for you. And actually, you know, if I can compare my nutritional content to that of pretty much any supermarket or major brand, it's about exactly the same, same calories, same sugar, 
same carbs, but I'm not pretending to be this like super healthy product. I'm, you know, it's a treat. It's a cheeky nibble. It is um, dessert inspired granola. Um, so I kind of lent into the fun and the joy of food rather than sort of pretending that I'm like all super healthy um, because, you know, it's all, it's all subjective is everything in moderation and if and finding joy in food is just as important as something being um the nutritional benefits of food it is weird because i always find with my guests there's like an over overriding theme between the things they do and like the things they're saying on the podcast and it feels like the the theme for this chat has been like authenticity so being true to yourself as a person but also true to yourself as as a as the products like not sort of pretending to be something else, just being what it says always, on the packaging. I always try and tell myself whenever I make a decision, you, you're, you're better off being the best for one person than being mediocre for many. Mm-hmm. And I, every time I, you know, when people are like, are you going to do a low sugar one? Like, no, because a lot of my customers, you know, are in ED recovery and I do not want to put the message out there that they need to be eating the low sugar version of my product. They can eat cheeky nibble because it's delicious and it's good and it makes them happy and that's important. Um, And, you know, people are like, oh, I've had customers come up and say, oh, are you ever going to do a plain flavor? Probably not. If you want a plain flavored granola, you can get another brand. And it's not arrogance. It's just, I know what my mission is and I don't need to detract from that. And I'd rather you know, have a few loyal customers and many people who try it once and then it's like average. I really like that. It's making me think, how detailed have you been with the whole process? And have you had any any people help with, with certain things? Or Because I know with me, like, this is really embarrassing, but the first logo I made for, if only they knew, the, the, the podcast and the media group, like the crown was off centre and I didn't realise for, I think, almost a year or it was a good few months because my attention to detail is so low. So yeah, I was just wondering your brand seems so perfect. So how, how detailed and how, um, what's the word like fine have you been with, with the small things? Well, I think one of the benefits of being autistic is that we tend to have, I mean, in general autistic people tend to have a very strong attention to detail and almost obsessively thorough research and things like that. So in terms of the branding and everything like that, um, I, I just did a lot of work and I, and I spotted small things that other people might not spot. Um, but I did get help. And I think one thing is I'm not very social and Cheeky Nibble has really pushed me out of my comfort zone because I have had to ask for help and reach out to people, which I never would normally be, I wouldn't never have been brave enough to in the past. Um, and I think I realized that people are there to help you. You know, I, I was in constant communication with my local council getting advice on how to pass my food hygiene rating and they were really helpful getting advice on um you know allergen support from allergy um food standards agencies people are people are really kind especially to young entrepreneurs they they, they do want to help you you just need to ask for it don't let don't let your arrogance or don't let your in my case fear of speaking to people hold you back just you know you you don't know if you don't ask the worst they can do is ignore you or or say they're too busy um and then you can find someone else to help you or do what you were going to do in the first place in google yeah 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 i love that um last last few things on the product am i right in saying that you converted an old raf base into into your warehouse is that right so there's an old raf um 
uh, base near my village here in Norfolk. And there's a lot of sort of abandoned buildings. And I was very lucky that somebody I knew owned several of the buildings because they operate their business out of um, one of the hangars. And they had what was the old fire station, which was sort of semi-refurbished. Some of the rooms were kind of completely the, the same as they were when there was a fire station, you know, even with the sort of kerosene uh, labels on the walls. And some of the rooms were, in, you know, had been replastered and stuff like that. So I began renting that and I bought secondhand commercial catering equipment from the army um, and made a little commercial kitchen from in an old RAF base with old army equipment. So it's all very uh, British in there. Yeah. <laughs> Which well for the British granola. Yeah, that's amazing. I've never really heard of someone doing that before. I really like that idea. Would, would you say that's the best thing um, that that you've like achieved or done with the business? Or what, what would you say would be your biggest accomplishment with with the business, like in, in terms of milestones or uh, quirky things you've done? Yeah, well, I mean, things like the the RAF base and, and, and refurbishing that, I like, I'm very into sustainability. That's not really a branding thing with me. I'm not there trying to market myself necessarily as super sustainable or green. It was just imperative to me. Um, I mean, it's the hottest day of the year. There's clearly a climate issue, change issue going on. Um, and sustainability is just, should be at the forefront of any business starting up, whether you want to be a sustainable business or not. So all my packaging is compostable. I didn't want to build a new building. I wanted to see if I could refurbish an existing building um and so yeah things like that were important to me in terms of milestones just obviously there are big milestones like getting into a big retailer or doing a big fair or getting an award like I very early on I got the Kettle Foods new business award that was like a few months in so that was amazing but my motivation every day is just the messages I get from girls, mainly girls on Instagram, um, a lot of them struggling in with eating disorders and how much Cheeky Nibble has brought re, sort of reignited their joy in food. That's what motivates me every day. The feedback I get and the messages I receive are so touching. Um, yeah, that's probably lots of little milestones every day. And on the flip side, what is the some of the worst things that have happened? Have you had anything that you you thought, oh no, I wish this didn't happen to me? Or yeah, what's the worst thing that's happened to you in in terms of the business? I mean, there's lots of there's lots of little things that happen. You know, it's again really hot day. You know, my vegan chocolate might be delayed. There's little things like delays in the supply chains that are just annoying and frustrating. Um, I think I'm trying to think of like a big. I mean, I've, I've, I've made mistakes. I once, I baked, oh, this is a really good example. I once was so distracted thinking about the business that when I was baking, I forgot the flour. So 25 of my boxes were edible, but not the same. They had no flour in and yeah. I couldn't sell it because it was, if any of my customers would kind of be like, oh, it wasn't, it wasn't consistent with the product I'd been marketing and people were expecting. So I was so, because I hate food waste. It's a huge pet peeve. It's terrible for the environment. Um, so I was like, what am I going to do with these 25 boxes? I can't throw them out, um, but I can't sell them. And then I, and, but they're perfectly edible. They're crunchy. They're nice. I just can't sell them because it's, they, they don't match the ingredient list. Like it's not right. Um, but luckily my local Tesco's had a food bank. So I donated them. So oh, just shows you that even in 
what is like a massive like oh my god you're such an idiot moment oh in such a I was so angry with myself that actually a huge positive came out of it I could donate to a food bank and prevent food waste so every cloud has a silver lining uh, you just have to think a little bit and problem solve and sort something out that's it I love that bit of advice um last last bit of advice then if you don't mind um obviously this show is called if only they knew so what is one thing that you wish you knew at an earlier stage in the business or perhaps an earlier stage in your life just in general I think follow what your passion is um because often you can be good at things that you don't love and often you can be bad at things that you do love but you will never be the best unless you love it and not that you have to be the best at everything but life is kind of short and you might as well do what you love because you're not guaranteed success by doing something that people think of as impressive you if you want the most successful people are the happiest people and you'll never be um happy unless you do something you enjoy i love that so what's next for you then in terms of of the brand and and yourself as a an entrepreneur so, I mean, I'm hoping to go gluten-free because I, my whole point of Cheeky Nibbles is to spread the joy in food and to have a huge portion of the population that are unable to eat it because of its gluten, for me, doesn't sit right. So I'm going to go gluten-free. So I'll be free from all 14 of the major allergens. Um, and then I want to automate, instead of, an, instead of hiring a lot of people to bake the granola, I want to automate as much of the process as possible and invest in ro robots and machines to make wow. the granola um, because that makes it safer for everybody because the less people involved, the less cross-contamination risk with allergens. So that's kind of long-term goal is to make a really safe product for everyone to enjoy. Perfect. And tied in with that, what do you want your legacy to be if you want a legacy at all? I, I would love my legacy to be from a with it on a business perspective um somebody that just made a lot of people happy and made people smile every time they opened a box of cheeky nibble um spreading joy is i think the best feeling making people happy um so yeah just spreading as much joy as possible through a cheeky nibble well it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on thank you so much um thank you've you. definitely spread some joy on on this chat so thank you um much so um, i know yeah <laughs> yeah um for yeah for those listening we're recording this on like the hottest day of the year so yeah i definitely appreciate your time um last last thing um if you've got a final message or you just want to tell people where to find out more about yourself or the brand yeah please do so yeah so um you can follow us on instagram we're cheeky underscore nibble um i also have a website www.cheekynibble.com and if you want to see more of my me being cringy, making videos, um, you can follow me on TikTok at cheeky underscore nibble as well. But I really I'm really embarrassing on there. So, um, yeah, come and support me being embarrassing. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. Like I said, it's been an absolute pleasure and I really appreciate appreciate your time, especially in this weather. Thank you. I had a good time. <laughs>